0: Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. As we approach Christmas this year, I wanted to share with you a little bit of what's been on my heart and what I've been learning in Scripture recently. And I was actually inspired by my sister-in-law, Sissy Graham Lynch. She recently spoke at a women's Christmas event at The Cove, and her talk encouraged me to dig more into Mary's story in the Gospel of Luke. You can hear Sissy's message on her podcast, Fearless, and we'll put that link in our show notes, and I encourage you to listen to it. It was so good. In fact, I wanted to put it on our podcast. I thought, let's let's air it here. And the Lord, He just convicted me to read it for myself and dig into it, even though I've read it many times. I've studied it. I've taught on it. Um, he just said, read it for yourself. And that's what I love about Scripture. It is alive and active. And the Holy Spirit wants to speak to each of us individually through His Word. And it's so important to study Scripture for ourselves. We shouldn't stop listening to a sermon or a podcast, but we should dig into God's Word on our own and ask Him to reveal to us what He wants to teach us. And so that's what happened to me. I loved what Sissy shared so much that it it pushed me to study for myself. Um and the Holy Spirit revealed other things within the passage that I needed to learn. And I hope that's what happens to you today. I just wanna encourage you. I'm gonna share just a few things that the Lord taught me as I studied Luke One. Um but I encourage you to do it. This Christmas season it can be so busy with hustle and bustle and there's so many good podcasts and teachings and sermons and books and they're they're great. But again, they are an addition. The meat of what we're supposed to get is from Scripture ourselves. Everything else is just extra, uh, but we need to be reading it for ourselves. If you haven't spent time in God's Word for yourself this season, I encourage you to do it. It's truly a treasure. Um, He has so many things to teach you and reveal to you personally. And so I'm going to share a few things that I learned. And then again, I hope it encourages you to read Luke 1. With fresh eyes. Um, and so in Luke chapter one, this is a very familiar passage around Christmas time. Uh, an angel appears to Mary and he told her that she was going to give birth to the Son of God through a virgin birth. And it must have seemed crazy to her. A teenage girl who was engaged to be married, uh, she was told that she was going to give birth as a virgin to a son that would be called Jesus. And you know this was not her plan. She had her plans. She was engaged, uh, had a lot to look forward to, and her life was turned upside down. Uh, But Mary shows us in how she responds uh, that even though she was afraid and her future was uncertain, she proved that she had spent time with God. She had treasured His word, and she knew His character, Um, and there was joy in His presence. I love Psalm 1611. It says, "'You make known to me the path of life.'" In your presence, there is a fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. And so this verse, in God's presence, there is a fullness of joy. He can make known the path of life. And we can trust God, trust that he has a plan for us. Even when we're caught off guard and it's not a part of our plan, he's not surprised. And so when the angel appeared to Mary and told her that she was going to give birth to a son of God, she responded in faith. And we don't know much about her life before this encounter, but we can assume that Mary knew God's Word. She knew His character. She was humble. She studied His Word, and she was faithful. I think she was faithful with little, and so she could be faithful with much. Um, And she had spent time knowing Him so that she could trust Him. And she also treasured and memorized His Word, and that overflowed when her world was rocked. And so when life took a turn, she could be obedient and submissive to the Lord. And there's so many things that we can pull out of this passage, uh, but I just want to point out four character qualities that she had. And, and Sissy did something similar in her talk. The Lord showed me four different things that, that I needed to work on, and I've been challenged and convicted on my character, my faithfulness. And so the four disciplines I want to talk about today are submission, Fellowship, praise and suffering. And so the first one is submission. Mary submitted to the Lord. she lived a life of submission. She surrendered her will for God's will. And she was asked to leave her comfort zone, <laughs> give up all that she'd known um, and do an impossible thing in man's eyes. But once the angel told her in Luke 1:37, He told her what was going to happen, and she asked a few questions. You know, how could this be? I'm a virgin. Uh, But then when the, the angel of the Lord told her, and then in 137, he says, For nothing will be impossible with God. And after he said that, her response to the angel was, I am the Lord's servant, Mary had answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. She said, I am the Lord's servant. She submitted to the will of the Father and said, may your word be fulfilled. She trusted uh, and she believed that he would do great things, impossible things through her life. And so we we are asked to submit to God. And there are so many examples of this in scripture, uh, but one that came to mind was Abraham. He had a very similar calling from God. Like Mary, Abraham's life was interrupted. In the normal, ordinary day of his life, uh, his life was changed by a huge assignment from the Lord. Abraham was asked to leave his comfort zone, his familiar territory and all that he'd known, his family and everything, the land of Ur that he'd always lived. He had family and God asked him to go and didn't even tell him where. In Genesis 12, 1. It says the Lord said to Abram, "Go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you." And so he didn't know where he was going, but like Mary, he knew the one who was leading him. And it says in Hebrews 11:8, it says, "By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going." By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of the promise. And, you know, on this podcast, I get to talk to so many staff and amazing uh, people that are truly submissive to the Lord's will. And one time I was talking to a post-resident doctor who went on our post-residency program through World Med, and he was going to go to Kenya. And, you know, his family had never visited this hospital, but they felt very called. And, you know, they asked, do you, do you want to go visit to see if you like it? And, you know, and they said, why? Why would we need to see if we like it? It doesn't matter if we like it, if it's comfortable, if we like the staff, the hospital. God asked us to go. And I'll never forget, the doctor said, you know, it wasn't a yes or no answer. It was a to obey or not to obey. God had placed this on our heart and asked us to go. And so it was either yes, we'll obey or we will not obey. And I always think about that, you know, and I think God asks us to do things often, and sometimes we don't even hear Him because we're not listening. We're not praying. We're not reading His Word. We're not hearing the Holy Spirit. We've, we've kind of softened that voice. Uh, but then sometimes we, we disobey. We say no. We choose our own way. And I think, again, there's that scripture, when you're faithful with little, you can be entrusted with much. I think He does speak to you more and more the more obedient you are. And and like Mary and Abraham, they could, could submit to God's calling and submit to his plan, leave all that they've ever known, Abraham a physical place, but Mary was trusting God with her entire story, and they knew the author so they could trust the story that he was writing. And obviously, the ultimate example of surrender is Jesus. And we have an advantage that Mary didn't have at that time. Abraham didn't have at that time. We know Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. And he even asked God, you know, if you're willing, take this cup from me, he said, before going to the cross. And he begged God, um, but he overcame the flesh and he submitted to the Father. And I love Luke twenty-two forty-two. It says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so he gives the ultimate example. And again, we have this advantage over them. We've, we've read this. We've seen this. We know that he's conquered death. And I'm sure Mary and Abraham, they didn't want to do what they were asked to do. But when the angel gave her the assignment, she, she said, I'm sure in her flesh, she said, no way. Take this cup from me like Jesus. I don't want to do this. Um, I'm going to be you know made fun of. People aren't going to believe me. They're going to think I'm crazy. How can this be? But again, once the angel explained it, said nothing is impossible with God, she submitted and she responded, I am the Lord's servant. May it be done according to your will. And so submission, I I was challenged. I need to submit daily, die to myself and not give in to my feelings or my desires to the will of the Father. And again, this happens in the little and the big examples in our life. They're daily choices that we have. And so I just encourage you to, to ask the Lord, what do you need to submit to him? And then the second, I think this is the easiest discipline to do, and that's fellowship. We are to share our highs and lows with others. Um, we are to spend, you know, time with others. You look at acts and the way that the early church, you know, they they ate together, they broke bread, they shared what they had, they lived very communally. We don't live that way today. We are a little more isolated, and so fellowship, yes, it still happens, but I think we kind of put guards up and sometimes aren't truly real with people. And we know that when the angel left Mary. The next action that is recorded is that Mary set out to her cousin Elizabeth. In Luke 1:39 it says, "In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. And we don't know her motives or her reasoning, but the angel had told her that Elizabeth was with child. And I can imagine she wanted to celebrate Elizabeth's pregnancy. She was old. At that time, they they didn't have kids, probably thought it would never happen. So she probably was so excited. But she also wanted to share her news and, and possibly serve her cousin because she was old and try to help her through her pregnancy. And I love when she enters the home. Elizabeth explained with a loud cry when she saw Mary. She said in Luke 142, blessed are you among women. And your child will be blessed. For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what has spoken to her. And I love this praise that Elizabeth gives. She encouraged her in her calling, she pointed her to the Lord. She confirmed what the angel had spoken to her. And again, she supported what God had called her in her life. Do you have friends that do that? You know, sometimes I think we can discourage people that are stepping out in faith. You know, they want to do something bold for the Lord. Um, Again, I think of that post-resident. He and his wife, they were new Christians. And I remember him saying, when we told our family what we were going to do, you know, they thought we were crazy because they weren't believers. They didn't know why they were doing that. And I think as believers, we need to encourage people when they're following the Lord Instead of saying, man, that doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? I remember when we were starting our adoption journey, you know, our family and friends, they rallied behind us. Instead of saying, why would you do that? Your life is full. You have three kids and you're in the military. You know, instead of saying that, they said, that is wonderful. They prayed with us. They supported us. They rallied with us. Yes, has it been hard? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are we in over our heads? Absolutely. Every day, even today, I think, what am I doing? Uh, But again, nothing is impossible with the Lord. And when He calls you to do something, even if it's radical in the world's eyes, we need people supporting us, pushing us to step out in faith. And Mary and Elizabeth had that fellowship. They supported and carried one another's joys and burdens, and they pushed each other to run after what God had called them to do. And their fellowship strengthened their faith in God. And it says Mary stayed with Elizabeth three months. And so fellowship and service is what Mary desired in this season. And I believe this prepared her for her journey ahead. Galatians 6.2 says carry one another's burdens we are not meant to do life alone and we see that in Samaritan's Purse when we go to the hard places and the people that are hurting and suffering that ministry of presence is so important it doesn't matter what you say it's just being together sometimes. Um, and just pushing people to look beyond their circumstances and look to the Lord, and that's what I miss most. Edward was in the military for many years, and that we now work at Smearns Purse, and I, I love where we are. But the military, because it was so hard, and Edward was gone so often, he was deployed, and you know, in the military, he had his battle buddies. You know, he had his people that that would help him in deployment, look out for him, watch his back, and. I had battle buddies at home, you know, my friends that would support and and carry me through, and many that knew the Lord would point me to Jesus, you know, when times got tough. And so I think we can do hard things and and this world is hard. We need fellowship. We need to stop putting up that front thinking I can I can do it all. So I encourage you, if you don't have deep fellowship and friends that you can share the good and the bad, and that they'll point you to the Lord and, and pick you up and carry your burdens, I encourage you to find some. Join a local church. Get involved. Truly let down your guard. We are not meant to do life alone. And after being with Elizabeth, I, again, I believe it, it prepared her to accept this challenge and, and praise the Lord. The next thing she does is praise. Luke one forty six through 55, I encourage you to read her prayer. It is powerful. It is packed with scripture. And so, you know, so many of her, what she said, you can find similarities in Psalms and in Hannah's prayer and Samuel. I mean, there's so many, again, she knew God's word. She had trained her eyes to look at and praise the Lord. And I don't think she just knew God's word. It wasn't memorized and wrote. She didn't just have the knowledge. She had the wisdom and she praised the Lord. And, and again, praising God, it doesn't change our circumstances, but it changes our heart. It, it, it allows us to see our circumstances in a whole new light. And so she could praise God for who he was, what he had done. She, she referenced Abraham. And she knew the ways that God had been faithful in the past, which allowed her to trust him with her future. And so we can do that today. Um, we can look at what God's done in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we again have so much more than Mary did. We have the whole New Testament, and we we know what Jesus has done. So we have so much to praise back. And if you don't know if your circumstances are bleak, I know some of you are going through some really hard times, and it's really hard to praise. Pray out of God's word, um, and I'm going to put in the show notes some praise and. Things that you can praise, because again, sometimes it is hard. We don't have a lot in our circumstances and in man's eyes to be thankful for, but through a spiritual lens, we always have so much to be thankful for. And Psalm forty-three says it reminds us that presence provides joy. God's presence. It says, "Then I will come to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God." So joy is presence with God. It's not our circumstances. It's not knowing our future. It's presence with God. We can praise when we spend time with God. So I encourage you to read God's Word. Like Mary did, we can praise God for what He's done. We can praise Him for what He's doing. And we can praise Him from, for what He will do. And then the next discipline, this is the hardest one, I think, um, the one that that is truly a discipline. We have to die to self to do this. It is suffering and this calling on Mary would require her to suffer. It would not be easy. There would be sacrifices. Um, you know, it doesn't talk about it in scripture, but as a, you know, we can just speculate. The immediate suffering was people talking about her, condemning her, probably not believing her. And I'm sure that that happened for many years until Jesus's ministry. Uh, We don't have examples of that, but we can just imagine the daily gossip and criticism that came from people knowing she was pregnant. Uh, But beyond that, uh, she would face an even deeper level of suffering. And in Luke 2, we read about Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus to Jerusalem. They, They went to present him to the Lord. And we learn about a devout and righteous man named Simeon. And I love his reaction and his prayer when he sees and he recognizes Jesus, the Messiah. He was one of the first witnesses to to recognize Jesus. And it says the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would see the Lord's Messiah before he died. So he was clinging and holding on to this promise. And it says he was guided by the Spirit. He entered the temple the day Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to fulfill the Mosaic law. And he gave both a blessing and a warning. He said, Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And so he gave them both a blessing and a curse. Jesus would cause the fall and rise of many, he would not be neutral. And then it said, this sword will pierce your own soul. And this is a prediction of the cross. There's a cost. The cross would break her heart. As the mother, the pain and the sorrow uh, from the cross would pierce her soul. But through that would come salvation. His death would bring healing and salvation. Suffering has a purpose when we're following Christ. And one of my favorite pastors, he's from the Middle East, and he says, Suffering is the vitamin of the church. Being a, a pastor in the Middle East, he has seen and he knows suffering. He has seen churches being bombed. He personally has been threatened of his life and persecuted. He has watched pastors die for their faith. Yet, he is so joyful because he he has seen and he knows firsthand that suffering brings him closer to Jesus. Suffering has a purpose. And again, this doesn't come naturally to us. It is supernatural. Uh, but when we cling to the Lord, and Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him By faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and know that we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces character. Proven character produces hope, and this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so, again, this pastor and then many other friends who live in countries where suffering and persecution are heavy and real. They have a hope and a peace that I don't think I'll ever know here in America. They have suffered, and they have learned to expect it and to pray for strength to withstand. And they've remained faithful. They don't pray for deliverance. They pray for strength to withstand and for this hope that does not disappoint us. And so we should not be surprised. Suffering is a part of this world. We should rejoice and Jesus says in John sixteen thirty three, he says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so we shouldn't be surprised when we have trouble. I mean, even just daily grind, we are going to face trouble and heartache. And I know you know what I'm talking about. This life, there's struggles. But Jesus reminds us, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. We live in a fallen, broken world. So even people who don't follow the Lord, they have troubles. Again, we see natural disasters, man-made disasters on a daily basis. And we say it a lot in Samaritan's verse: This life is hard and heavy. But God had a plan. He, he doesn't intend for it to stay this way. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. He came to make a way. God, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There is hope. There is life beyond this world. And then, so especially, though, when we're obedient to the Lord, when you know Christ, there is even greater suffering because the world does not love Jesus. Again, we have an enemy seeking to prowl and he seeks to devour. And so we are going to be challenged when we step out in faith. But again, I have overcome the world. We have that hope and that promise. And so again, we have so much more than Mary did when she received the news. Uh, We have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We have the New Testament scriptures and encouragement from the early church. And so again, if you're struggling with your circumstances or or what you're facing, we have so much that we can praise God for. We can praise Him for what He's done, what He's doing, and what He will do. And for the sake of time, I don't have time to go through those scriptures, but we will put them in the show notes for encouragement. And this season, let's remember and praise God for what He's done, what He's doing, and what He will do. And so I hope this encouraged you to study God's Word for yourself. And utilize the resources uh, that are available to you, but don't neglect, don't let it be a substitute for reading God's scripture yourself. Again, we'll put all the verses that I talked about today in our, in the show notes, and I'll put some added resources, um, and we'll put Sissy's podcast, Fearless, um, so that you can listen. And you can go to our website, SamaritansPurse.org listen as well. But I hope you have a Merry Christmas celebrating uh, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have so much to be thankful for. Thank you for joining us today. Again, I hope this challenges you to read God's Word. It is a treasure. It is alive and active, and it will challenge you every time you read it. Thanks again. God bless you, and Merry Christmas.